Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. I was three years old when I came to America for the very first time. My mom, a Jewish girl from here in Des Moines, met my dad, an Israeli lifeguard on the beach, as she attended Tel Aviv University on scholarship. And it was in Israel that they fell in love and got married and then conceived me, although I'm not sure in what particular order. (laughs) But on March 1st, 1970, I was welcomed into this world on my mother's very own 20th birthday. Now, we lived in Israel, but in 1973, it was decided that we would come here to Des Moines for a visit so that my dad and I could meet my mom's parents for the very first time. Despite the original plan and my father's wishes to return to Israel, this visit became permanent and it created a new home for us here in the US. This was a very scary time for me and I clung to my parents and anything that felt familiar. This was a whole new country with a whole new language to learn. My dad, who spoke no English when we arrived, had a very traditional sense of family and he wanted a wife that would stay home and cook and clean and raise babies. My mother, coming from a family that really emphasized education, wanted to further hers and then pursue a career. And it was because of this difference, among many others about their future, that they divorced just one year later when I was four years old. Now it was not only a new country, but a new style of family as well. After my parents split, I spent much of my existence bouncing around between my mom's and my grandparents' and my dad's homes. And although there was so much love, this new lifestyle created a sense of ungroundedness and confusion and even insecurity within me. I primarily lived with my mom and my grandparents, but I spent every Saturday with my dad. And we would typically go to a movie, many of which were not age appropriate. (laughs) Or we would go toy store shopping or just walk the Merle Hay Mall. (laughs) And I can remember my dad in his favorite faded bell-bottom jeans with a plaid shirt and an open vest and what I would most definitely consider platform cowboy boots. (laughs) I have a very short family. And I can recall his long, black, curly hair flowing from underneath his paperboy cap and maybe a gold chain or two around his neck. Now, once or twice a month, I would spend the weekend with my dad. 
And one particular weekend in December of 1975, as he was returning me home from a weekend stay, he stopped me as I was gathering my things, and he lit a Marlboro Red cigarette with a match and that sweet smell of the combination of sulfur mixed with the first light of tobacco filled the air of the closed windowed car. <laughs> and he asked me, Galit, do you miss your Safta and Saba, which is grandma and grandpa in Hebrew? Yes, I replied, I did miss them very much. And then he asked me if I wanted to go see them. And I responded again with a yes, although I'm not sure that I meant it. Because even at five years old, I had a sense of what that may entail. And then he put his arm on mine and he said, Mote, which is sweetheart in Hebrew. The next time that you come and stay with me, I want you to pack some extra things. And do me a favor. Don't tell anybody about this conversation. Let's just keep this between you and me. Now, my dad didn't have to say anything more. I knew what he meant. We were going to Israel, just the two of us. And although externally I agreed, internally I questioned. And it was in that moment, on that cold winter's day, in that car in front of my safe place, that I did something that would change the trajectory of my life. I agreed to something, not because I wanted to do it, but because somebody else wanted me to. I didn't answer from my heart or my soul. I answered from my fear. And so became a pattern of listening to my own bad advice. Now the day rolled around and I had done what I was asked, and I had told no one of the conversation. And the internal dissonance within me was swirling around like a carnival ride. Inside, I felt like I was on the tilt-a-whirl at the Iowa State Fair or the silly silo at Adventureland. You see, I really hoped my dad had changed his mind. But as we drove to the airport, I could tell that he hadn't. And the minutes felt like hours, and it was as if life was in slow motion. We boarded a plane, and then another plane, and then finally the flight to Israel, and the array of emotions inside me were overwhelming. I was literally torn, because this plane was taking me somewhere that I barely remembered being before, and it was taking me away from everything that I had only recently come to know as home. I didn't want to leave my mom or my grandparents or my new friends, but I also didn't want to disappoint my dad. There was a soothing distraction in the cabin as my fellow travelers chatted in English and other languages and maybe languages that I didn't know, or at least I could no longer remember. 
But my dad got me tucked in in my little yellow felt onesie pajamas with literally the plastic soles and the button-up tushy. And eventually he tucked me in and I did fall fast asleep. We arrived in Israel and it literally felt so far away. But there was a faint familiarity in the air and it was the combination of sea salt mixed with diesel fuel from the cars and the buses and the trucks and one of my favorite foods to this day, fried falafel. And although my soul did recognize this place, my heart was still nearly 6,500 miles away. We arrived at my Safta and Saba's apartment in old Tel Aviv and we opened the gate into the garden, and as I walked up the stairs that my feet hadn't touched since I was three years old, I remember studying the pebbles and the steps of the only home that I could barely recall knowing there. And it was simultaneously familiar, yet foreign. Now, this was a surprise visit to my Safta and Saba, and my Safta pinched my cheeks as only a grandmother could until it was painful, and they kissed me all over my face until I was probably soaking wet. Ew. And clearly, I couldn't necessarily understand everything that they were saying, but the love was palpable. Internally, I was vacillating between feelings of excitement and adventure and a deep-seated, gut-wrenching homesickness. It didn't take long until my family on both sides of the globe realized this was not an approved visit, but what would be considered a kidnapping. As you can imagine, the energy shifted and I could feel the tension in the air, and I knew that my father was truly doing what he felt was best for me, and at the same time that my family was not in agreement, and they were encouraging him to send me back home. Within a day or two, I was able to speak with my mom on the phone, and somewhere in the midst of her frantic desperation, in a calm and quiet voice, she asked me, Galidi, do you want to come home? Yes, I immediately responded, and this yes had no hesitation. It had no resistance. This yes resonated with every pore in my being. There was no doubt, and there was no fear. And so it was, after negotiations with my family and the State Department here in Iowa, after a short time, I was sent back home to America with an airline-appointed escort, just me, a five-year-old, traveling across the world with strangers. But this trip felt safe, and this trip felt right. And it was made more enjoyable with frequent visits to each of the cockpits, cockpits on every plane and a countless number of plastic airline wing pins that they used to give away. 
As my final escort and I landed in Des Moines and exited the plane and walked off the runway, the smell of diesel fuel began to fade and it was replaced with the now familiar scent of that cold winter Iowan air. And awaiting me in the airport were three sets of loving eyes and six arms open wide, ready to hold me tight. And my mother and my grandparents and I embraced for what seemed like forever, and they cried tears of relief and of gratitude. And in all reality, I can't remember if I shed even one. I was home, but this series of events would forever change me, and it would change the way that I approached my life for many, many years to come. I don't regret or resent my father for taking me to Israel, and as a matter of fact, my mom and my dad and I, we all have wonderful relationships with one another today, many years later, and I don't regret any of my life experiences, no matter how joyful or painful or challenging that they've been, because I know that they've molded me into who I am today. But I can look back on my life and I can see patterns that were rooted in this experience and the ones I've shared with you tonight. And I can see the many times that I put someone else's happiness in front of my own, I can see the many situations ranging from jobs to relationships where I stayed for far too long because I didn't want to hurt someone or disappoint them or let them down. I can see the many times that I didn't listen to my gut and that, in my opinion, is some of the worst advice that one can take. It's a lifelong journey to learn how to navigate the waters and the storms of this earthly experience, but each day is an opportunity to learn, and it's an opportunity to grow in self-confidence and in trust and in courage. Each day is an opportunity for me to listen to my intuition and then act accordingly. Now, some days I do better than others, but I'm not going to stop trying now. Each day I try to discern my own bad advice and my own best advice. And it's the same wish that I have for each and every one of you. Thank you. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.